welcome to another inspirational message from Brave Church UK. Well, today we're going to be continuing with the uh, new series, More Than a Name. And the idea of this series is, and our, our prayer that, of this series is that together we will discover more about the essence of who God is, his nature, his character, and his attributes. And so far we've looked at two names in this series. The first name we looked at was Jehovah Nissi. Simon spoke a, a brilliant message on that, which is the Lord is my banner and sus. Last week spoke on Jehovah Tassuri. I think I got that right. The Lord is my rock. And I want to encourage you, you can catch up on the podcasts and listen to both of those incredible messages. Uh, but today we're going to look at a different name and the name we're going to talk about is Jehovah Shammah. And this means the Lord is present. I don't know whether you ever find it a challenge sometimes to be fully present. You know, those moments when you're, you're kind of physically there, but your mind is somewhere else. You're not completely present. You know, have you ever been asked by someone to repeat what they said because you weren't listening intentively? You, you kind of just switched off for a second. Or maybe you've been in a conversation with somebody and then you have that sudden moment where you're like, oh, they've kept talking and I have no idea what they're talking about because my brain has just gone somewhere else briefly for a second. You know, apparently we are the most distracted generation there has ever been. And here's a photo of what our younger generation's idea of being present looks like. They're all together, but they're all on their smartphones. You know, God is, when we talk about God as being present, he's 100% absolutely present. He's not on Instagram while you're at church. He's not on Snapchat while you're praying. He's not even shopping online with a, when there's a 70% discount, you know. He's absolutely, totally and present and engaged with you. The Bible begins and God is present. Throughout the entire Bible, God is present. And at the end of the Bible, God is present. And he talks about a future where we're going to be present with him forever. A.W. Tozer said this in his book, The Pursuit of God. A loving personality dominates the Bible. Walking among the trees of the garden and breathing fragrance over every scene. Always a living person is present, speaking, pleading, loving, working and manifesting himself whenever and wherever his people have the receptivity necessary to receive the manifestation. You know, human history began in the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve knew what it was like to live with God. In Genesis 3 uh, verse 8 it says that they heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden. But unfortunately because of their sin they were separated from his presence. And you know, separation was never God's intention. And we read story after story throughout the Bible of him revealing his presence to his people in different ways because he wants to draw close to his creation. He wants to be near. Not because there's any deficiency in God that, you know, creation satisfies. He doesn't lack anything that we can give him. He, he doesn't need to be close to us, but he wants to be. He wants to be close to us. And it's because he loves us. So much so that he writes himself into his story. <clears throat> in John uh, 1 verse 14, it says, The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. He became a man, walked among humanity, and died to save us. And through his death and resurrection, Jesus removed that separation between us and God. He made a way for us to know and experience God's presence again. 
I don't know whether you ever find yourself people watching. I like to people watch sometimes, depending on where I am. But um, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's entertaining. People are weird and wonderful <laughs> and uh, entertaining. Uh, sorry to break the news to you, but uh, we are. <laughs> but I love to uh, people watch in the airport. The airport is my favorite place to observe people. When you're waiting for your flight, what else is there to do? Um, but I love the arrivals. The arrivals area is the best. People are always crowded near the arrivals. And what I love about it is the waiting for the loved ones, the waiting to be reunited with the families that were separated, you know, they're back together, mother, daughter, father, son, brothers, sisters, friends, grandparents, husbands, wives, whoever it is. And I remember this one time, I think we were waiting for Sam to come back from Chicago. And it was just myself and Seth at the time. And I remember seeing this one family and they had tons of balloons, loads of balloons, a huge welcome home banner that was handmade. And they were all gathered around, all excited, ready to be reunited with the family. And they were, and it, it was so overwhelming, I burst into tears. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't even know who they were. But the, the reconnection was just so powerful. And I, you know, I wanted to know more about the story. But what, for whatever reason they were apart, it didn't matter anymore. They weren't separated anymore. They were back together again. You know, humanity is wired for connection. We are relational beings created by a relational God. We're made in his image and in his likeness. And we're created to know his relational presence. So God waits for you at arrivals. He anticipates being reconnected with you. And Jesus has already paid for your flight. You don't even have to pay for your flight. He's even upgraded you. You just need to get on the plane. Do you know the presence of God? Because the heart of God is that he will be known. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. Even if we're not aware of him, he's still there. There is absolutely nowhere we can go without him. He is always with us and he promises to always be with us and to never leave us. C.S. Lewis says this, we may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. And the incognito is not always hard to penetrate. The real labor is to remember, to attend. In fact, to come awake, still more to remain awake. A question for, for us this morning is not, is God present? But are we awakened to his presence? Are we aware of him in our everyday? And David shows us his awareness of God's presence in Psalm 139 verses 7 to 10, it says, Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I go to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings to the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly to the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It's impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me. For your presence is everywhere bringing light into my night. I was about seven years old when I first remember experiencing what I know now was the presence of God. I didn't really know then what it was, but I was in a service similar to this one, and I felt something that I wanted to respond to, and now I know that it was God. And as I think about um, my life so far and the experiences I've had, I've come to realize that he's always been present. I've just not always known it. And um, 
You know, as a child, I love the Osborne storybooks. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? The Osborne storybooks. Poppy and Sam are the characters. But more than the actual stories, I loved the fact that there was a little yellow duck that was on every single page. <laughs> and it appeared in different places. And the task was to find this little yellow duck. And I could not turn the page unless I had found this little duck. I think we have a picture of the books. Here's Poppy and Sam, um, Farmyard Tales, Farmyard Adventures. And just in case you're trying to spot him, I'm going to help you. He's here <laughs> next to the cow. So this is, this is what I, I had to do. Every time we turn the page, I had to find the books, uh, the duck on the page. But now my children have these books. And I've got to control myself and let them find the duck. Like, I only help them if they really need my help. Um, but yeah, I want to find the duck. But God is found on every page of your story. He appears in every chapter of your life. Before he formed you, he knew you. And he's been present ever since. And his promise to us is that if we search for him, we're going to find him. If we look for him wholeheartedly, he will be found by us. You know, when we find God, there's this path of his presence that we discover. And it's accessible to every single one of us. And he invites us to walk it with him. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You know, when you walk the path of his presence, you discover the life that he has for you. A path that is full of promise, purposes, protection, power, everything that we could possibly need is found in his presence, you know, and he walks uh, with us through every season. We, we sang it this morning, we need your presence, we need his presence, do you know the path of his presence? And there are different seasons that the path of his presence takes us through, and there are different purposes for his presence in every season. And I just want to talk about a few seasons this morning and how God is with us. So the first point is this. He is present on the mountaintop. He is with you on the mountaintop. Mountains are significant in the Bible, throughout the Bible. Mountaintops were known as places where people would um, experience the manifest presence of God. That's where he chose to, to reveal himself to his people. Psalm 24 verse 3 says, Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? You know, and Jesus often withdrew um, from the crowds and climbed the mountains to find a quiet place to pray and be with God. In Matthew 5, it says that the disciples of Jesus, those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, Jesus sat down and taught his climbing companions the disciples climbed the mountain with Jesus, not just on this occasion, but this was a regular thing that they did. There's quite a few stories about them climbing the mountain. Um, so they must have been super physically fit and in shape, doing that every other day. Or how many days they did it, I don't know. But they were his climbing companions. In Luke 9, we read um, on one occasion, this is where Jesus is transfigured before them. It says this, Jesus took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became bright as uh, 
as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, uh, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but they became fully awake and saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter uh, said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put, put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And it says in brackets, he didn't know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. What they encountered on the top of that mountain was, was the manifest presence of God. And they became fully awake to who he was. And they saw who Jesus was. They experienced a revelation of Jesus as the Son of God. You know, the mountaintop moments are where we encounter the manifest presence of God. It's where our personal moments of intimacy with him happen. Moments of revelation. Moments of transformation. Where God reveals to us who he is and who we are in him. Moments that give us perspective, moments that give us purpose, where we become fully awakened to him. You know, how often do we withdraw from our crowded lives to climb the mountain with Jesus? You know, God is beckoning us to experience the mountaintop with him. The question is, will you be his com uh, climbing companion? You know, life is good on the mountain. Peter wanted to build a permanent shelter to stay up there. And often we, when we experience God's presence, we don't want to leave. We just don't want to go back into our everyday do we? We want to stay with God. But the thing is, there are other seasons that we must walk through to know that he is present in ways that we would never know if we stayed on the mountain. And so this leads me to my second point, which is this, he is present in the valley. He is with you on the mountaintop, and he is with you in the valley. You know, this is where life is tough. The valley is tough. It's a place of darkness, difficulty, struggle, sorrow, disappointment, despair. David knew this all too well. He says in Psalm 23, Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me. And lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. When we walk through the valley, the, the thing that we've got to remember is the point is to walk through it. We can't stay there. The valley is only a temporary place. But sometimes we think it's going to last forever. You know, God's presence is our strength and he helps us to keep moving through the valley. He remains close to us and leads us all the way through. You know, and his nearness is everything when we experience the valley. So back in 2010, uh, Sam and I had been married for almost four years. We had recently moved home after graduating Bible college. And um, we became pregnant for the first time. We were about 11 weeks, but we experienced miscarriage. Our baby had stopped growing and the heartbeat was no more. Um, and I think this was probably one of the first times I'd really experienced this kind of pain and this kind of loss. Um, not that loss gets any easier the more times you face it. And sometimes, I mean, as a family, we've 
experienced so much loss recently that it's just become so familiar. Um, but what I, I remember at the time was experiencing God's presence like I'd never experienced it before. I became aware of his nearness like I'd never known. And now I know that every valley since then, I know I can experience him the same way. I can experience that closeness and that powerful presence that he gives us. You know, in Psalm 34, it says in verses 18 to 19, the Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain. And he is always ready to restore the repentant one. Even when bad things happen to the good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. I just want to encourage you this morning. Maybe you're walking through a valley. And I don't know what it is that you're facing, but I do know that God is close. It's so much closer than you realize. His presence is near, and I'm sorry for getting emotional, but it moves me. Oh, get a grip. <laughs> Isaiah 41 says this, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious hand. This is his promise to us in the valley. So he's with us on the mountaintop. He's with us in the valley. And the next one is he's with us in the fire. The path of his presence is known in the fire. And there's a story in the book of Daniel about King Nebuchadnezzar who made an image of God and ordered that all the people, all the nations, men of every language, whenever they hear the sound of his music, they had to fall down and worship this image of God that he made. And if anyone dare refuse, they were thrown into a blazing furnace. And there were three men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who we'll call Shad, Meshach and Abed for short, just because it's easier. <laughs> But they were so adamant that they would not worship any other gods. That this is their response to him. Let's pick it up in Daniel 3, verses 17 to 27. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know that your, uh, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious. His attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers um, in his army to tie them up and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shad, Mish, and Obed. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't the three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, your majesty. And he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted for them to come out. So they came out of the fire and everyone crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies. Not a hair of their heads was singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them. The three men were bound up 
and they were thrown into the fire, but they came out of the fire unbound and unharmed. In other words, they experienced freedom and protection. Why? Because the fourth person with them was Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. The only thing that the fire consumed was what they were tied up with. The fire was intended to harm them, but God used it for good. And he didn't remove them from the fire, but he entered the fire himself to be with them. He didn't rescue them from the fire, but he rescued them in the fire. You know, freedom sometimes, well, freedom doesn't come from escaping the fire, but it comes from knowing who's with you in the fire. God is with you in the fire, and we experience freedom and protection. Isaiah 43 verse 2, when, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. This is God's promise to us again. You know, last year a team of us traveled to Rwanda. I think it was about a year ago, actually, this month. And uh, we went with compassion to visit the children and the projects that we sponsor and support together uh, individually and as a church. And it was an incredible experience seeing firsthand the difference that is being made in the lives of the children. Just, you can't describe it. It's just so powerful. Um, But we were able to visit all four of the projects. And uh, every single project, the children would dance and sing and just love to perform for us. And uh, there was one girl in particular who I could not take my eyes off. At one of the projects, she really stood out to me. And it was because she was so enthusiastic. She was absolutely bursting with joy. She just put everything of herself into her moves and her singing. I'm not even going to try and show you. But it was just amazing. I couldn't take my eyes off her. And I remember saying to one of the compassion workers, uh, look at her. Wow, she's amazing. And he, he just turned to me and he just said... She is free. She's free. Here was a young girl who had absolutely nothing. She was orphaned. Her life experience was one of extreme poverty. Her family had been devastated by the genocide. And yet, watching her, you wouldn't know. You had no idea. The fire that she'd been thrown into didn't cause her any harm. She didn't even smell of the fire. She'd been protected and she was free. And I know there are so many stories in this very room of people who have walked through fires and you don't even smell of smoke. You don't even smell of the fire because God has been with you. So he's with us on the mountaintop. He's with us in the valley. He's with us in the fire. And the last thing I want to look at is he is present in the storm. He's with you through the storm. The path of his presence is known through the storm. In Mark 4... We read the story of the disciples who found themselves in a storm. It says this, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although all the boats followed. Um, But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. You know, when Jesus said to the disciples, Uh, let's cross over to the other side of the lake he meant it 
He always knew that they would reach the other side. Um, they were always going to get there. But when the storm began to rage, the disciples became so fearful that they just did not think they were going to make it. They thought the storm would cause them to drown. You know, when the ex unexperienced, uh, unexperienced, unexpected storms of life are raging all around us, it can feel like we're drowning in our circumstances and in our situations. You know, whether it be financial difficulty, health issues, uh, employment uncertainty, marriage breakdown. There are so many different things that turn our worlds upside down. Uh, but God is present and he promises that we'll make it through. Again, in Isaiah 43, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sleep over sleep over you, sweep over you. The storm didn't bother Jesus. That's why I was thinking sleep, because he was sleeping. <laughs> he was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. If that's not a picture of, of comfort and, you know, just relaxed and peaceful, I don't know what it is. He was, he was demonstrating peace to be known in the midst of the storm. But it wasn't until he was awakened from his nap and spoke to the storm that all became quiet and the disciples' hearts were no longer fearful. You know, in Philippians 4 verse 7, it says, The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I just want to invite the worship team back up at this point. But peace is not the absence of a storm, but the presence of God in the storm. You know, storms are inevitable. I've lived long enough to know that. Um, but Jesus is in the boat. Jesus is in the boat with you. And when we walk the path of his presence through the storm, his, his peace quiets our hearts. You know, I think when Jesus speaks the words, be still, he's speaking to the storms that are raging within us. And he calms us. I just want to encourage you today that, you know, whatever season you find yourself in God is present and I just want to ask do you know his presence right now in the in whatever it is that you're experiencing whatever it is that you're walking through do you sense him are you aware of him are you aware of what he wants to do in and through you in that season you know maybe you're on a mountaintop maybe life is good right now and God is showing you things that are just incredible you know, things about your future and you're just discovering more about who God is, who you are. Things are good. Or maybe you're walking through a valley. The, the tough times in life, maybe there's something really difficult that you've just got to keep pushing through with. You've just got to keep moving. Maybe you've been thrown into the fire and this is the test. You know, things are just not good. And you just kind of feel bound. You feel tied up. God is there to unbound us, to free us. Maybe you're in the midst of a storm and you're just feeling overwhelmed and your heart's racing. You just can't find any stillness or peace. I want to read uh, Psalm 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. He's ever-present, which means he's in all things. He's always ready to help us. He's always there. 
there's always something he can show you, always something he can teach you, always something he can reveal to you. There's so much more to discover about God, so much more. And I want to finish with a quote by Donald Whitney. He says this um, in his book, 10 Questions to Diagnose Your Spiritual Health. He says, living apart from a conscious sense that the Lord is present is to live as though God really is not there. More pleasure is sought in things, dreams, or people than in God. A relationship with God is reduced to mere religion. The spiritual disciplines devolve into mere duty or even legalism. Public worship becomes an obligation, not a privilege. Obviously, this is not the profile of a growing Christian. Are you a growing Christian this morning? Do you know the presence of God? There is so much more for us if we simply choose to walk the path of his presence. I don't know about you, but I don't want a life of religion, a life of duty, a life of obligation. I want a life that is experiencing his presence in everything, through everything. And that's my challenge to us today. That's the end of this week's podcast. We hope that it inspired you. For any more information, visit bravechurch.co.uk.